ladies and gents. It is time again. Episode 3, No Good Deed. It's Hell's Kitchen time. It's Daredevil. And on a special third episode, I bring my most favorite person in the world, the King of Scotland himself, James Thompson. It's a pleasure to be back speaking with you. Boys are back in town. We haven't done That's this right. for a while. Um, it's, it, it's been a year. Yeah, but we're back. We'll do this. That's right. Well, and in the case of reunions, this episode has a reunion of sorts. I kind of thought about it as, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a furniture-moving episode, but there's richness there, and I thought... What best to kind of describe the overall themes was monsters, miracles, and change. Can very, people change? That's very good. I mean, so how much have you seen of the series? Have you watched the whole thing? No. Okay. And that's the frustrating part for many listeners. I'm going through this probably too slow. So slow that they forget that there's episodes. Cause but... Yeah, I watched the whole thing over like two, three nights or something when it came out. Uh, so it was interesting to go back and rewatch an episode as a standalone, like one hour thing. Because uh, I kind of forgot what happened where. I, I, I'm, I'm jealous of the guy, the guy indeed, who's going to come after me, who's going to do episode four, because that's an episode. This one's yeah, kind of... Let's just, let's just go ahead and say that guy is guy yeah so so just to let everyone know i do have a plan here and guy pigeon marked four which i've heard is when things really come uncorked yeah i mean this one i wrote down it's kind of it's putting all the chess pieces on the board it's getting things ready i mean it it's a good episode there's some good stuff in it but you know it's it's set up so it, we'll we'll say what's the high note for you in this episode? I have my own theory. Hmm, high note. I mean, there's like I think the high note for me is just the the conversations that Matt's having with you know the fake Fisk in his head, where yes. he's kind of you know he's having this argument with himself, but you know clearly it's all his own thoughts. You know, and he's sort of punishing himself and he's in a really dark place. But just the way that he has this kind of Fisk wandering around the episode with him and sort of giving voice to all this darkness. Is the Kingpin the best villain that we've seen in the the MCTU? I think so. I mean, there's there's like other people who are... You know, it, is Frank Castle a villain? Mm. You know, I, I like Frank. I think he's got a lot going uh, as a complex character. But mm-hmm. I think, I think uh, yeah, Fisk definitely is is up there. I mean, I'm trying to think of any others from, from the other series, and it's like, hmm. You know, Thanos is cool, but we really only seen his machinations in one film. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the, Fisk is, you know, the the thing about him is the, how he's 10 steps ahead of everybody else and how hard that makes him to take down. And, you know, add to that, you've got, he's got this wonderful intellect for doing this stuff, but he's also got the physicality. If you're in the room with him, you're probably going to die. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> okay, so that's an edit point. Um, the, something else I was thinking about that imposing, like Fisk as a comic book character has always been this big balloon, almost sumo looking guy. And D'Onofrio, that opening scene with, with him in the shower, he still has that size that just is so menacing. And you, you want, I like, I was thinking about it as like, is he somewhat like a teddy bear? But he, and he has that soft point for Vanessa, which that push and pull, that ebb and flow 
uh, I really enjoy with him. And but I mean, he's a fleshed out character. And then I start to see this inkling of him grooming. Yet, I mean, I have. I'm not opposed to spoilers, so I know that that uh, Poindexter will become our boy Bullseye. What? No. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, like I know things. I'm a student, and this slow machination of potentially, I, I'm I can only assume he's going to turn him. Can't say anything. Okay. But um, it's a good but, journey. I think there's a lot of characters, like uh, Nadim as well. His journey throughout this thing is very I, interesting. Absolutely. I thought, you know, giving this backstory that he's financially strapped and that's a problem. I mean, who puts this stuff in? I mean, that is rich density that usually gets cut. Yeah. No, I mean, like... Like Fisk himself, the plotting of this is really tightly done, and nothing is in there by accident. And you know, they've they know where they're going to get to, and they've kind of worked it all out backwards. And we're just sort of along for the ride. And I wasn't prepared for this. I I've watched this episode twice, and for some reason, I think I may have gotten up. I I know, flog me now. But I missed the part where, you know, uh, Dex is talking to the psychiatrist. Mm, yeah. And talking about this girl in his life. Yeah, the, the Julie who listens yeah. to him. And they have dinner every night, and Tuesday night it's pizza. Um, yeah. And I think, okay, so he's not this, you know almost castle like character he has he has he has a point you know he has a balancing point he's not always on and then come to find out he's a stalker yeah i mean he's a full-on sociopath and yeah i think more of this will become clear as as the episodes go on but yeah it's kind of he is not in a good place and uh he is definitely not the person that you want in the middle of all this between Fisk and Matt, because he's a, you know, he, he, whether or not he becomes Bullseye, he's certainly a loose cannon. Yeah, I, I, he's just interesting to me. And, you know, going from the uh, Ben Affleck Daredevil and um, who's, Col- our, who's our Colin Bullseye? Farrell. Right. Who I think is tremendous. Don't get me wrong, and I actually enjoyed the camp of his version of Bullseye. But they didn't necessarily stop the, from especially from episode two to episode three, his ability to, you know, throw weapons and make bullseyes, if you will, to be mm-hmm. so blunt. I enjoy that they, they're at least showing that, you know, he has, he has a skill. That, that that's not maybe mutant level, but a skill nonetheless. Yeah, he's on the Hawkeye level of uh, almost superhuman ability, but just human. Oh, why wouldn't they? You know, just thinking about that, you know, that's a great, you know, representation of, of Hawkeye. Because I, I think he gets a little bit clowned in the, in the movies. It would be great to see him in his own TV show. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing with the Infinity War. (laughs) I was kind of waiting for him to turn up. He never turns up. Yeah, Uh, arrows just aren't going to do it there. Yeah, I'd like to see Hawkeye versus Bullseye. I'm assuming that's been done in the comics. If it hasn't, uh, you get the trademark on that? (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll get my pitch in. That's Uh, right. I'm sure it's been done. But yeah, I mean, so Bullseye, or let, let's call him Dex. Um, okay. okay. At, at this point, you know, we're not, he, we're, he's got the ability and right. he's shown that he's kind of not 100% uh, with it. Uh, so yeah, just 
dangerous putting him in the same room as Fisk with his uh, skills for um, getting people to do what he wants. Yeah, you'd almost expect, you know, him to break a fork and throw it at somebody's head and it just impales him. (laughs) Granted, they didn't go that far, which I'm hoping they don't do at all, but I'll accept it if it happens. I I can't comment, but suffice to say that he improvises a number of weapons as the series goes on. Oh, thank you. Not opposed to spoilers. We can we can handle them. Everybody's probably at this point seen the whole thing, and this is just a absolute rehash, and it's worth nothing. But I don't care. Well, I but I like the fact that you haven't seen it, so you'll have these crazy theories, and I'll just go mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, maybe that's fine. That's fine. I I also have a if I can be predictive, something is going on with Vanessa. I feel like she is way more in control as she always was with Wilson and something higher level is brewing you know the idea that she's in Barcelona um, because she likes art she is somehow in charge I don't know more than that that's all I can infer I I think while you're not 100% there I think you're more insightful than you might imagine Hey, look, that's my trademark. That's my mutant ability. Um, no, I, Vanessa, be, you know, becomes quite interesting towards the end of the series. Uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's like, but it's clear. I mean, we're, you know, I would say just looking at this episode, um, he's moved into this $20 million penthouse flat, which is completely empty, but it's still a, you know, probably quite expensive flat that he's been put in. Are we just, like, you know, speaking of the penthouse, and this is where Karen connects, I'm wondering, is it really super important that he owns that hotel, or is that just linkage in order for Karen's uh, newspaper work to to coincide, to bring her into the fold. It's just a curious question. I It felt like if that was, um, I, I hate to say it like this, but like episode misses, is that kind of ex machina? No, I, I think Wilson is exactly where he wants to be. Um, and he has his reasons. Okay. Um, but the it, fact that he you know, owns it and he, let's say he owns it and he knows that building well, it's, gotcha. it's not a, it's not a coincidence. And, uh, it's again, it, it's, it's kind of this place setting that we see him in this completely empty apartment. And we have the rabbit in the snowstorm sort of montage again with him just sitting by himself looking out at the white wall. Yeah, I mean, that's great if you've got a painting that you can sort of reproduce easily by just looking at a blank wall. Um, the, the cinematography has gotten, has gone an, another stage. You know, if season two, season two was season two. I, you know, I, it's I, been talked about. Yeah, I mean, I like stuff in season two. I got right. fed up with the ninjas. Sure. Um, I loved all the Frank Castle stuff. Um, of course. And, but I think this season is a return to form. And indeed, I think it surpasses season one in some aspects. Yeah. Uh, the the stripping down of, well, I go back to Iron Man 3. And this might be contentious in some ways, but I think actually on The Uncomparable, uh, when it was discussed, it was something that I, I agreed with and then I kind of really doubled down into, which I like when our heroes are put into such a position, like I don't have my armor and I have to use my wits. I have to use resources and, and tradecraft that that normal people can do, but it, it puts them in a, in, a, in a different axis where it's not so you know superhero in tights 
And when Matt goes and does some of his uh, going to the laundry mat, and in this episode, when he's working uh, as you know an AV guy uh, for their and, and and looping in and making making these back moves in the hotel, I love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked the him doing his sort of. Uh, I mean, he's not up to full strength yet, and right. uh, but he's still, you know, he's that the the scene at the end when he's kind of sneaking about the car park uh and just kind of like there's there's one little move that he does where he kind of like dives around a corner and then puts himself up against the side of a car but not like a normal human would you know i know what it is it's because that what his his right arm like lifts up and comes close to his chest yeah yeah that, I mean, I was thinking about that. I was looking at that. I was like, you know, especially when you get into, you know, fight sequences and, and situations like, you know, let's just be honest. Daredevil is on another level compared to other yeah. superhero fighty things. Okay? Which, which, yeah, I mean, this this just brings me back to my jealousy about episode four because, by God, episode four. Um, suffice to say, there's a thing in episode four where you're watching it. And you've watched it, watch something unfold for, you know, 10 minutes. And you realize that the camera hasn't cut once. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Um, but the, the, but the physicality, the, the physicality of the fights, you know, have gotten just, they're just on a, a great level. I, it, it's, it's hard for me to like, look at and say, oh, this is real dopey. It, and, or at the same time, like, oh, here comes a hallway. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because it's always surprising. Yeah, no. And, and I think the the fact that they kind of depowered him at the start of the series means he's got to sort of build up to stuff. And, but I just liked his, like, you know, sneaking around and he was sort of taking people out. It was a bit like a video game at the start of that bit sequence. You know, he was just kind of like, oh. I'll just drag this person away and we'll take this person out. Uh, and then, you know, he gets uh, caught and has to sort of fight his way out of it. But just the, the, the little movements, the little that little move where he goes up against the side of the car, that kind of just sums up the kind of like the subtlety of it Ex- to a certain extent. Well, because he was trying to be quiet. Now, at the same time, these, you know, fists of fury have to be making noise and it's it's a very quiet scene, and I'm thinking to myself, "Hey, agents, open your ears." Yeah, um, and I, I do like the fact that his hearings come back at least to a certain extent. So he's like, when he was scoping out the hotel, you know, he's just kind of sitting there reading a, a leaflet or whatever he's doing, but he's actually just kind of listening, seeing what's going on, and yeah, it was very much a, a nice little sort of reconnaissance. Uh, oh, it was fantastic! But then I mean, he, and he's he's got it in his head because he's been talking to this Wilson Fisk, um, who's wearing the white suit, which I think was really nice because he wears the white suit a lot in the comics. So it's this kind of idealized Wilson Fisk. Um, oh, very much so. And you know, he, basically, he's convincing himself that he's going to have to go full Frank Castle, and. He's gonna have to uh, kill Fisk, and in this, in the fight scene at the end, you know, at the end of it, he hits that one guy probably a bit more than he should. Yeah, that was, you know, that we talk about change and the letting the monster out, and I wasn't, I wasn't real accepting of that but i understand where it has why it has to be there because of what happens later with him talking to foggy that he's making these choices up until now am i matt am i daredevil he says that he's daredevil which seems to emphasize more the devil part and letting letting go the restraint yeah, well, I mean, the, the the Fisk says to him, you know, 
or, or he even says it himself that this is all on him because he didn't <clears throat> kill Fisk, you know, two years ago. Uh, so everything that's happened is his fault. And he's got that whole Catholic guilt thing going on, weighing on his shoulders. Um, and, you know, well, living in a church uh, is not exactly going to help help him with that. No, but the, it, yeah, it's... And somebody in the episode said something about narcissism, and it seems to like that's like almost the sin of this particular episode that Matt has become so self-centered that to hell with the rest of the world, I have to do what I have to do, which is kind of his M.O., but it seems like that's that's more of a, a palpable thing. Like, yeah. I'm doing it for me. I mean, I like Sister Maggie. Um, oh. So she's, Absolutely. she's played by Joanne Wally, who oh. I know from, like, there was the Singing Detective, which was a TV series, a Dennis Potter thing, in, mm-hmm. like, 86. And she was like the, the sort of femme fatale slash nurse figure in that, and that was thirty two years ago. And uh, you know she's so old. Yeah, but I mean she's still so good in this. And uh, yeah, there's there's interesting stuff going on there. But she's the one who's basically uh, looked after him since a building fell on him, and. Uh, well i'm waiting for the reveal and i don't know how they will play it out that the and if they do that maggie is is matt's mom i don't know how if they will if they will show it as much as it was limited to in the comic yeah i mean if anyone's read the comics they know where they're going Um, right it's interesting. Let, let, yep. Let's leave it at that. Yes. Um, but I, I like her sort of just kind of taking him to task and saying, you know, do you really think God has done this to you? You know, that would just make you the biggest narcissist in the world. Okay. So it was her that said it. That's what yes, it was. I, I thought that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's just, this doesn't revolve around you. And then he takes it another level, which I was not ready for, but we have to keep the foggy can't be in the dark the whole time. But I wasn't quite ready for the the reunion near the end between Foggy and Matt. Yeah, because I mean, Foggy's in a dark place anyway, because he's just come back from seeing the DA who's basically said, eh, what can I do? I, I'm due to be reelected. Uh, so he's kind of disillusioned with the whole world and he's hit the, hit the bottle. He's at the bar and he sees Matt and just the look on his face, the kind of like the incomprehension. Cause he has, he's accepted long ago that Matt's dead, even if Karen right. hasn't. And the kind of, you see the sort of happiness on his face. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's his best friend. Yeah. And he's alive. And he's so happy. And and he doesn't, like, say, you know, how could you not tell me for whatever it is, six months, that you are actually alive? Um, And, you know, that he does say at one point in the conversation, he says, you're my best friend, asshole. Yep. And, yeah, Matt does the whole kind of... You know, uh, we're breaking up. Uh, he tells him to stay away from Fisk, to tell Karen to stay away from Fisk, but of course not to tell Karen that he's still alive because secrets, have, as they've proved on this show, you know, that that's exactly what they need to keep secrets from each other. Um, yes. And he says, we're done, buddy. It's over and walks away. And it's even worse than that because he's not just, you know, completely broken, foggy. He's nicked his wallet as well. Yeah. Now, that's a curious part that I can't... I, obviously, this is going to lead into something else. Um, I can only assume 
that he's somehow see. Okay, I got I got to play realism here. Is he going to put his picture over his ID to get in somewhere? But where is he going? What does he need that kind of credential for? It's not the hotel. It's something else. But I, I can't quite figure how that how that lines. And also a blind guy doing ID uh, manipulation seems a little weird. I don't know. Maybe Maggie's going to get involved. I don't know. Mm. You'll find out. Um, yeah. But yeah, am I, yeah, am I going to find out next next, next you're episode? You're going to find out like within about ten minutes into the next episode. Um, he's yeah, he's definitely he was after his ID, um, and it's a really shitty trick to pull on your friend, even though you've now told them that you know not only are you not basically not friends, but the person you are friends with no longer exists. Um, so yeah. Matt's in a in a dark place, and he's doing stupid things. Um, and that's oh, I'm I'm totally on board with that. Again, I'm look. I am partial to the red suit, but I understand where we are, and so I will accept the black suit. For um, I'll go to seven episodes, and I I think I need to see some red. Oh, you'll need... see, you'll you'll see the red suit. Trust me. Okay, that those are the kinds of things I need to know. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be wearing it, but well, uh, I know that there are some spoilers. I've seen some pictures when I was looking up um, our boy who's playing Bullseye slash Dex. Um, so I know that there's some fakery and that bodes well within the comic. I know in the comic they had a fake Daredevil, but it was actually some absolutely crazy guy. So it it wasn't um Bullseye as I remember anyway. Yeah, well, I think that I think they're sort of mixing a, a bunch of storylines from the comics, but um I think it's actually good to have Matt in in the suit that he's in because it basically makes him more vulnerable, more sort of back to season one right you know so he's not this sort of unstoppable monster um, right Absolutely. and i i think it actually i mean i so i don't know how much of the stuff that the actor is doing versus is a stunt person and mm-hmm. i i kind mm-hmm. of want to know there's a there's a bit next episode where there's clearly a point where there's a stunt man and then it's back to the actor I'm I'm blanking on his name. What's his name? Um, uh, Charlie. Yes, Charlie Cox. So I, and I discovered, like, have you seen the film Stardust? <laughs> De Niro's greatest masterpiece. It, so, Stardust. I didn't realize he was the lead in Stardust. He's the like the young guy who, um, but yeah, he's he's the lead. And I watched that film years ago, and I've watched Daredevil, and I never made the connection. And then somebody said something, and I was like, what? So I went back, and I watched the trailer for Stardust again, and it's Daredevil, or young Daredevil, young, happy. Yeah, with uh, with very wispy long hair. Yeah, and uh, it just feels like somebody went back and edited him into that movie, because I've seen that movie, and he was not in it. Uh, but he is now. Um <laughs> I, you know, we all have our starts and, uh, sometimes, you know, you're, you're, and I, am I mistaken? He is a British actor. Yeah, I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I would have to double check that, but yeah. Yeah. We're not going to look on Google. We're we're, going to, we're going to follow our own brain cells. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, right, right, right letters. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some, some of the physicality in this that, I I wonder, you know, has he done the whole sort of uh, intense, you know, like year, six months training of stuff? Uh, I would imagine that as far, I haven't looked into it as well, and I'm not going to now, but I I have a, it seems like I remember reading that he was doing a lot of training. I mean, some of the, just some of the martial arts that's involved, 
it almost feels very not exactly so just easy does it like a john wick like where you could see keanu was doing a lot of training for gunplay how to disarm a, a person and in some of the shots uh especially in the parking lot there was a gun thrown at a guy's head yeah and i'm thinking to myself how hard that take had to have been i don't know if it was cg but it didn't seem real rubbery to me yeah i mean i think there's this, there's things you can do with cg there's things you can do with sound effects and editing and stuff but there's there's definitely i mean yeah i don't want to i don't want to keep saying yeah of course he's bullseye but um you know the the stuff that he does later on and it's just like well clearly this can't have actually happened um but the 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 physicality and stuff i you know i'd like to believe it's charlie cox doing a lot of that stuff i mean once you pull a mask over somebody it's difficult and i think that's yes. i think that's half the reason why superhero costumes have you know full face masks and things is because you can then swap in some stuntman or you can do it entirely cg as they're doing in a lot of the marvel movies these days um but yeah the, the i like this stuff i like the fact that it it looks like people put in the effort and they spent the time doing it um it's at- so nice when when people put in the effort and you know this show we i've we've talked I've talked to two others before you, and this always devolves into, um, <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're going to do a slight de-evolution. It's a shame that they didn't put that kind of effort into, say, Iron Fist. I mean, I think I will defend Iron Fist season two. <coughs> I don't know if you got to the end of season two. <clears throat> no. Because the end of that is actually, I think, genuinely good. Um, it takes, there's a lot to get through to get there. At season one, I think, is pretty, pretty terrible. Um, but where they leave season two made me actually sad that they then cancelled the series. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that the Iron Fist season two is at the level of this stuff in Daredevil. Um, but it's, it's, it was getting there. And yeah. uh, it was, it's, there's characters from that. I mean, you know, there's the uh, Misty Knight and Colleen Wing out of Iron Fist. I, I thought Misty Knight was one of the coolest parts that they could immediately spin. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, in the comics, her and Colleen team up and they're the daughters of the dragon. Okay. Give me that series. And they and they do team up in towards the middle to end of Iron Fist season two. So you see that team up and yeah, give me that show. You know. Uh I'd like to see them not just being the the kind of sidekicks off in the background. Um And I think that's hard because I think that's where potentially that particular show may have gone off the rails because it had almost too much of an ensemble and it what they couldn't link it all together correctly yeah i mean they they have the you know once it's reaching the sort of defenders level of you know you've got all these different people with abilities or or whatever um but i want to see something and i don't want to see that stuff going away because it had huge potential i think Oh, so All right. suddenly- now, I know the answer to this. I'm going uh, I'm I'm throwing it out to you cuz I just know how you are. So, <laughs> if Go on. Iron Fist, if Luke Cage, if Daughters of the Dragon were to be uh put out in a trailer form for the Disney streaming service, James, would you buy it? And how much would you pay for it? <laughs> so yes you would yes i would because i mean disney disney has bought my entire childhood lockstock okay i mean okay. you know we're gonna get not one but two star wars tv shows we're gonna get uh whoa, the, whoa, whoa 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 two yeah they've got two there's uh so there's the mandalorian 
which right. is starring the guy who played uh, God, what's his name? Game of Thrones actor who I really liked. Um, he's the lead in it, and I'm thinking Oberon Martell, but I don't think that's right. But something like that. Anyway, he uh, is the lead in this one, which is The Mandalorian, and okay. we've got they're doing a spin-off Rogue One era prequel with uh, Cassian. Oh. I saw on Red Letter Media they were doing that. I I thought they were goofing. No, oh. they're doing that. And bye, 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 bye. So you've got those two shows, which I would really like to see. Okay. And they're doing a Loki spinoff. They're doing, uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, With Tom Hiddleston? Yep. Uh, so they're doing a series with him. They're doing... Uh, 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 Wanda and I think the Vision spinoff as well with the actors from from that, and yeah, then they've they've pulled Luke Cage, they've pulled uh, uh, Iron Fist, so I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how the rights work on that stuff. If they can just approach those actors and say, "You want to keep doing these characters." Um, we're gonna I think if you're under contract, you're under contract. Well, I don't know how the contracts work. I mean, it's like, did Netflix make these shows for Disney? I don't know. Ooh. I don't know how it works. But, you know, if there's enough money, yeah. th- these things all work out. But, yeah, I would like to see those shows. And, you know, I would certainly pay, pay what I'm paying Netflix. Um, Ooh, that's not enough. That's, that's 1099 USD but, and if unless you're doing 4K that's 1499 USD. All right, give me the euro conversion. What's well, it going to be? Well, you know, I think I spend uh, 8 quid or 10 quid or something on Netflix. Um I I, I don't want to I you know, everybody's going to have a streaming service. Apple's going to have their streaming service. You've seen the number of TV shows that have been sort of are being worked on in secret all this stuff that apple's doing apple spending okay. billions on new content disney's doing it there's the um the there's not enough time for this james i can't do this yeah well i want i want like one streaming service that gives me all the good shows and not the rubbish shows right but that's not going to happen because all these companies <clears throat> they want the money and you know i was excited about cloak and dagger i made it through four episodes i just couldn't go any further uh, i thought it was okay i i didn't yeah. think it was as good as runaways which was kind of on a similar level but runaways that was interesting yeah w- was slightly better um i fell off hard on um oh what's your man the the mutants x-men but not x-men oh the inhumans no, that was terrible. <laughs> okay, I was like, James, don't don't do that. I did watch all of that. I mean, I've got to watch all these oh, shows. James, you got to stop with that. No, I watched them to the end because I want to. I want to <laughs> have like I want to say. I mean, like you, you've said you've watched you watched the first few episodes of Iron Fist season two and you went no further. And it's like, right? I think you you don't have a good. I don't think you have a fully informed view of how that show went because i think it got better totally agree and you know i heard nuke was in jessica jones have i watched any jessica jones i've watched like three or four episodes of season one and i just it's just not my cup of tea but i i know that i should see these things so i can link together other ideas but if i'm not into the character I can't go any further. My time is too precious to me. That that's fine. And I've watched a lot of bad television. I mean, <laughs> sure. And well, I and I have too. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Guilty pleasures are what this world is made of. Yeah, some of them weren't even a pleasure. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, the the guy from Inhumans, the the lead, um, the, the sort of head of the family. He's, oh, Black Bolt guy. Yeah. He's now uh, the he's Captain Pike in the next Star Trek uh, Discovery season, and I really hated him in Inhumans because he was kind of this. 
he was like because he he was mute uh he was like doing this sort of not quite overacting but he was kind of miming and stuff and i want to actually see him acting uh but i i was not i was not on board with that casting he looks okay from the trailer um but yeah we've we've gone really off track here but <laughs> That's okay. We, we we've discussed the episode. And now it's time for you know so we're 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 bringing it around. I mean we've got to we've got to ventilate. Yeah. James, we haven't talked in a year. People yeah. People want this. Yeah, we have a year to catch up on on all, on all right. this stuff. But yeah, I mean to get back to the question, yeah, how, however much Disney is asking for, I will give them the money, assuming that the thing actually shows in the UK. I mean that's one of the things with Netflix in the UK. We get a whole bunch of shows like uh, Star Trek Discovery and things, which you know are on. I think that's Hulu in the states, and well, you or, have to have or, CBS All or, Access. Oh yeah, it's the CBS. Yeah, it's the CBS thing. But because CBS don't do that in the UK, they sold the international rights to Netflix. So for us, it was fine. We just watched it on Netflix like everything else. And there's a whole bunch of series that turn up on there um, that otherwise are on some. You know some of the more obscure streaming uh, things in the in in the US. So I I would just like all these shows just you know come to come to Netflix so that I you'd, you'd like yeah you'd like the silo effect without the monopoly yeah but you know Disney is not going to do that Disney is no gonna, they're di- going to play their own game di- but I'm not going to pay fifty bucks a week or a, a month for this no absolutely I, not but I would pay a Netflix size amount. You know, I, I, so I get two streaming things. I get Amazon and I get uh, Netflix and Amazon Prime picks, picks up stuff like Preacher. So, you know, we've missed a whole season of Preacher. We need to talk about uh, that at some point. I know, I know, I know. Um, I, I'm waiting, f- I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for it to come, come through. Well, it's already come off the Apple truck, so I just need to spend time. Yeah, no, it's good. We, we, we need to get back to that, but yeah. Um, but you know those two get me most things. But now, now I know that you know Disney is going to come in, and then Apple is going to come in, and they're both going to say, "Ah, we want the same amount that you're paying these guys." It's an extortion. But you know, if the quality one that you're willing, if it's not extortion, if you're willing to pay, yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it throw in the sort of the 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 one two punch of Star Wars and Marvel and. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be there. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I pay for Hulu at 50 a month because we do Hulu Live, which has been really a blessing. Um, Netflix, I'm canceling CBS All Access and Amazon Prime. So that gives me Amazon Video. Yeah. So that's, I think that's more than enough. And that's where I get in this conundrum. Okay, if Apple does something, if Disney does something, I don't care about Disney cartoons. No, at all. No, I mean, like, I don't need to see Pinocchio. I don't. I don't need that. I don't need that, and I don't need the the Disney live action movies and things like that. I, I mean, I, I'll see some of those in the cinema, but uh, I, I'm not interested in you know remakes of cartoons that people liked when they were teenagers or kids or or whatever and the 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 disney like i like star wars rebels i thought you know it started off as a kids show and it got more interesting as time went on uh and i thought the, the last couple of seasons of that were really good but the other star wars stuff that i've seen doesn't really appeal uh but yeah the the there's just enough there, I think. You know, if they do stuff that's, you know, like like the Loki thing. I like Loki as, yeah. as a character, and I like Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston's a great talent. Yeah, so do a Netflix-style series, 10 episodes or whatever. It's all Loki. Ah, I'd like to see that. If Daredevil gets clicked, which it most likely, let's just be flat out it probably will get clicked even though right now jessica jones punisher uh have both are both coming out with new seasons have they, on so, netflix so what have they announced because um we know i don't know if they've said that daredevil's getting another series they haven't said anything about that so i'm assuming that will be the next one <clears throat> not to get 
will end up getting pushed into Disney. But I mean, I I wonder if they will. <clears throat> so they can go two ways with it. They can either, you know, we're going to pull all these things and we're just going to like continue them the way they were. So like season four, Daredevil just picks up the end of season three. But you've got to take all the production house and company with them. I mean, it you can't. They they they've all evolved with the show. Yeah, and to not have that same production value will be a detriment. Yeah, because if it's, I mean, you, I think you need the same actors, but yes, you, oh. ne- you need the same yeah. production. You need the <clears throat> the quality, the cinematography, yes. the stunts, yes. everybody. Um, and that's where I don't know what how the rights go. You know, like who made like which which company actually made the show. And can you just make that get them to make another show because you have the rights to the characters? Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, oh, the other way they go is they go like we're going to reboot it. We're going to go back to the style. We're going to have yet another origin story. And we're going to see. I would feel bad. I would feel like the animosity. I think like uh, maybe a Jason Snell might feel about the consistently rebooting Spider-Man. Yeah, no, I feel I feel the same as well. I mean, this I, I can't have it. I won't have it. It's like I, you just got a new one. You know, right. we don't need to reboot this yet. No, no um, more. I mean, I'll take the Doctor Who changing every four or five years. That's fine. We know that. We know what that does. Uh, That's fine. But what now? Wait a minute. Just let me let me postulate this. What? How would people feel if Doctor Who? got pulled into some bigger conglomerate conglomerate and then was put on a streaming service. I don't think the BBC would do that. I don't think it would happen because it's like their biggest show, kind of flagship show. Yeah. Um, but, well, let's put it this way. Let's say somebody gets the rights in America to make an American uh, remake, reboot, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, let let's let's have, you know, they. I don't think they'd go quite as bad as having an American Doctor, which just would not work at all. Ooh, we don't want that. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, the worst American actor to cast in that role. But anyway, um, Timothy Timothy Dalton. Is he American? Oh no, he's not. But I was just thinking, oh, they would get like a British actor who is just, um kind of spinning wheels yeah timothy dalton's actually he's done some good stuff but um yeah i i wouldn't like to see like you know just completely divorced from what what's gone before uh remakes because i just i but i mean that that's the thing that bothers me with the the dc stuff um is that they have a really good ser- like TV versions of everything, and they just go, I know we'll we'll just get a new actor in to play, you know, Batman or the Flash or whoever whoever it is that yeah you know th- they've already established. Well, here's a here's an actor or actress who's really good <clears throat> at playing these parts. Uh, we're going to do a movie about it. No, nah, we'll just cast somebody else. Um, I you know I thought that was a miss when they picked uh ezra what's his face ezra miller of yeah yeah i just you know it would have been a good carryover and i think it would have worked i don't know though maybe it wouldn't have maybe there's test footage out there that that you can just see the chemistry is is not there i i don't think it's i don't think they ever filmed anything i think there was just an executive decision made somewhere somewhere along the lines as no the movies and the tv are separate things and yeah. it, you know, on the TV side, they're they're this close to having Batman turn up. I mean, we're going to get Batwoman. We're going to get Gotham come this Christmas. Um, and the the Gotham the TV show, which I would say is my favorite of the TV shows. I mean, it's on a completely different axis to Daredevil. Daredevil is like quality cinematography stunts, all like top of the game. Right. Um, Gotham is goofy and fun and and stuff but they really kind of lean into it um and yeah there's just 
so much wasted talent when they say now nah, we're just going to start again. I mean, it's with the films. It's like who's who's playing Batman these days? You know, who's we're going to get another reboot? We're going to get like the third Joker in as many years or whatever. And it's just there is now there is one shining light in the Batman universe, and I feel so bad for Tony Sindelar. I mean, it, but of course, it gives him great content for Batman University. Indeed. Um. The but this Joaquin Phoenix Joker has me interested and it has me interested in a this is part of a Batman universe, but not it it, is as far as I can see, there is no Batman. Yeah, I mean, the the one of my favorite things about Batman is the way that you can sort of infinitely remix all those characters and you can just have like i watched recently there's a a a batman story and it's basically it was made in japan it's an anime it's just the most anime anime um and that ninja batman yeah and it's okay it's it's silly but you know they take the characters and they put them in feudal japan and it kind of works and there's like giant robots it's it's very oh. as i say it's very anime um and i i liked it because you know it's just taking those characters and doing something different with them and that sort of stuff i like but it's when you've got like you've you've built up like for me the joker is mark hamill you know mm, n- okay. no question i would love to see mark hamill play a live action version of the joker it, it'll never happen but you know that would be my ultimate the, this Joaquin Phoenix thing, he's a good actor. Um, he's, I absolutely hated um, Jared Leto playing the Joker. I can't stand him. Um, but, you know, I really like the, 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 the Harley Quinn that w- they did in the Suicide Squad movies played by... Uh, Rami... Rob. Um... Oh. No, Harley Quinn was. Oh, who was? Uh, it, it's. It, but her last name. Uh, uh, Margot Robbie. There we go. Robbie. I got Robbie. There. I got there. I. I'm not. I'm not completely losing my mind. Um, right. And we didn't Google that. No. I and I really like her. And if she had, they're doing a uh, Birds of Prey movie with her and a bunch of other people. And if it's got good writing and is done well, you know, I just want to see these actors, actresses like able to get a good run at a part yeah and, and that's what and, that's yeah, what and, i want and, for and these are great subordinate characters that can that can have we've seen it in this episode you can have this guy dex who he becomes bullseye but we're actually seeing why he is the way he is and what he does in his off time to to create a character yeah and and we've had you know like it we haven't really talked about this at all, but like Karen, she's so good in this because she's she's doing the reporter thing. She's like following out leads and and people are telling her to stay away from the story and she's not staying away from the story and you know, it's gonna get her in trouble. But she she is literally the adhesive uh within the Daredevil universe, for sure. Yeah. And in 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 Punisher as well. I mean that she she served two functions and it i i don't discount like i'm not saying oh she was just put in um as this sideline character just to make story meet story she's interesting yeah and you know i i really like all the actors i think um that are in daredevil and if you turn around you say to me no we're gonna we're gonna do another show but either way you know if they have the actors and they don't have the rest of the people or they have the rest of the people and they don't have the actors i don't think it's gonna work as well you know so maybe maybe they do the thing of like well we're gonna take five years off and hope everybody forgets about it um i'm sure somebody there's some disney strategy team that works all this stuff out uh to maximize the amount of money that they can make from the likes of us uh but yeah, I like these people. I like them. I don't I don't want I don't want the show to go away. 
I would like so to. So you're tell you're telling me that people don't change. <laughs> yeah, I think to tie it in to the episode. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, but they can grow. I think. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, speaking of which, I I put this in my notes, and I want to just put it out there, just because sometimes I think about things and and they they things trigger. If you at some point, listeners out there. Take a listen to the Deftones change in the House of Flies and turn off the, the, the sound on Daredevil and watch this episode. I think there'll be something interesting there. I haven't done it myself, but there is something there, and I highly recommend trying it out. I put this to you. If Wilson Fisk turned up in any other series and was not played by the same actor, would you no. believe it? No. 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 Exactly. Cannot happen. It, there, see, and that's and that would be the problem. Is I would be constantly looking at and 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 putting c- comparisons side by sides, and it, it's that becomes no fun. Then I mean, I think it works. I mean, we we were talking earlier. We were looking back on the on the movies, and they were kind of goofy, silly uh, movies. I need to rewatch them because I haven't seen them in a while, and I haven't watched the Electra movie in. in since it came out, I think, um, and I want to, I want to see what they were like. Having now watched this, because my guess would be that the like the the fight choreography does not live up to this. You know, this is a TV show, sure, but I, I'm gonna bet that it it beats the movie. Well, I think we're it's a different time at that moment. There wasn't a whole lot of MMA, UFC stuff. So people now have a different lexicon of what fighting can be. True, true. And so I think that's where, when, I, when you're going to be back on at some point in this series. So your homework is, unfortunately, to watch Electra, but I, I would say maybe... <laughs> Let's just do Daredevil, and maybe even I'll watch it as well, and then we'll 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 rehash and 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 see it, what lines up. Yeah, I think that I think that's a good good idea. That as I've got homework for you too. Let me just look it up. Uh, so you talk about something for three seconds while I just do a quick Google search because I've forgotten something. So, folks, I, I I will put out this apology again, just because it's important. Um. I have been ultra busy. I went across the pond over to Ireland for a week. So my schedule is tight. And so I applaud you for sticking with us. These don't come out as regularly as I'd like. But thank you for the kind compliments that I've gotten. And know that 13 of these things will come out. It just may take a little longer than it was to watch and binge it. That was more than three seconds, James. I know. I it up. I, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, there is uh, one of one of my favorite fights from the movies. Um, it's Tony. Is it old boy. No, no, it's not old boy. <laughs> no, I, I see where you're going with your with your corridor fights, but this is uh, Tony Jar. There's a fight that he does, uh, and. I'm blanking on the movie, so I need to find it. The movie itself was not great, but it has this, I think it's like 10, 12 minute fight scene, no cuts. And I want you to watch it before you watch episode four. Okay. I'll do it. And for those of you listening, and you already know what he's talking about, you can do the same. But I will put this actually in the show notes so that you can watch this first just like me raw and virgin and then we'll go into episode four and get really nutballs sounds like a plan um say hi to guy for me next episode yeah i'm not looking forward to it you know how he is yeah i haven't talked to him in like two years i would talk to him yesterday oh i'm sorry because i'm going to be in canada this is the thing I'm not actually supposed Canada. To, I'm not supposed to say that. I, it's not officially announced, but I'll, I'll maybe I'll be in Canada next April. 
savages. All you travelers. Now I'm a traveler, though. Yeah. Next time you're going to have to make it over just slightly further. I know. I know. I feel bad about it. All right, ladies and gents. This has been the Hell's Kitchen edition of No Good Deed. And I, as always, it's been a pleasure to have Scotland's favorite son, James Thompson, with me. Oh, it was a pleasure to talk about Daredevil for 15 minutes and then catch up for 45 minutes. That's okay. That's what people like. That's what they pay for. We shall see. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>